Welcome to the Growth Guys Podcast, presented by KinderReeseCoaching.com. This is the number one podcast for real estate agents who are serious about growing their business. Get the strategies and tactics to grow your business fast while building the lifestyle you dream of. Now, sit back, buckle up, and get ready, because we're about to get real. The Growth Guys Podcast starts right now. Hey everybody, it's Jeff Kiani. We're here for another episode of the Growth Guys podcast. What's going on, John Kitchens? What is happening, Mr. Jeff Kiani? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day. I'm excited to talk about today's topic. We're going to get into delegation, some of the exercises that can help you get, get stuff off your plate. On our last episode, we talked about how important it is to determine what the right things are that you should be doing and then putting somebody else's name on the box for those other things that do need to get done. So that's what we're going to dig into today. John, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. The the the, the big thing there, man, is um, coming to the realization that, yeah, maybe you can you think and mentally you can do it faster, but it's consuming your time that's stopping, taking you away from doing the doing things that are going to make you money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just start associating pain, you know, Kinder was funny as shit starting out, right? He just, man, he just, things that he didn't like doing, man. He hired somebody and said, all right, this is, you're going to do this. And right. And he's like, oh, I don't like this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. Then they would get busy and he's like, man, I can't give her no more. I got to go hire somebody else. He did. They had three admin before he hired, before he hired Reedy. Um, That's funny. It is funny, man. So he just, he just like, man, I don't want to do that shit. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to hire somebody. Yeah. That's- and it keeps you, you know, keeps you in, in a good state of mind doing what you want to do all the time. Yeah. Things that you're good at, things that, um, you know, are gonna, you know, that are going to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. So like even, you know, I mean, I'm sure similar with you, right. You know, when you were cranking away, you know, like you knew you need to be on the phones and if you were, you know, or face to face or wherever situation from a sales perspective, you knew every minute that you weren't doing that, you were getting, it was costing you money. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking earlier today, as a matter of fact, you know, it's, it was that, or for me then just later getting other people fired up, getting other salespeople. And so when you think like about when we were at agent, the CEO and who's coming there and, you know, when you're scaling your business, if you're the best salesperson, you might think that you should spend your time on sales but if there was a way for you to get 10 people to do what you do, then actually the better time spent would be me getting those 10 people trained up so that they could do 10 times me, right? And, right. But you try to stay on the phone because you're like, no, this is the best use of my time. Well, actually, if I could get somebody else to do what I'm doing and be able to put my energy elsewhere or to you know, compound on it. So here's, here's a great man. Here's this, this, this might be some really good context too from a delegation standpoint. So like, I remember when, you know, when I was kind of really transitioning, we transitioned Kinder out of the business and more so, you know, me really taking, taking that head of company role. Um, you know, I was, man, like I would shed, I, I was fast getting things off my plate. And so like, I'm like, I don't have a problem letting things go. You know that, like, I just like, you got it. Cool. Let's, let's yeah. roll. Um, because I know, I know 
where my time and energy is focused at. I know what I'm really good at. I know that I can do anything just like you, you can do anything. It's just that like, God dang, I mean, you know, it's going to take me three times as long to sit here and learn it. Now, would that be a good skill to develop? Probably. But like, I know like you can get through it in like a fraction of the time that I could. And, and same thing, like even with Holly, but also when you have limited resources, you want to let go of it. And then you're like, fuck, who am I going to get this to? I can't let it go. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, but for me mentally, what I do is I start making a mental note of like, okay, I'm going to have to muscle through this or figure out another way. But as soon as I'm, I'm going to get this, get this off my plate. So I think it's creating the, the awareness. And, and I think that's a, a lot of things for real estate agents is that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just because of how it is today doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be forever. So I think, you know, it's like, there's not a, you have a contractor and then you have the people that are actually hammering the nails in and building the frame. Like the contractor, he could do both, right? He sure. probably knows how to hammer and nail in better than half of those guys. But his expertise is leveraged at a higher level by telling everybody else what to do and making sure that the project comes together on time, you know, coordinating different pieces. And that's kind of what, you know, you have to do in your business. Yeah, I can do that job, but um, in a better position in regards to the big picture, right? I'm not worried about the results of today as much as I'm worried about the results over the next year. And in order to steer that ship and manage that cruise so that we get somewhere in a year, you got to step back and, and kind of manage all those different pieces. So, you know, contractors aren't the same as the, as the builder. Right. You know, and, and another thing, just kind of thinking through here, you know, I can, I can equate when I was in the Lawton office run, running Lawton and also coaching, I equate me going on listing appointments, just like, just like coaching calls. Right. So like I would be on a coaching call and I, you know, you just have to, you have to be able to let things go, let your people run with it. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about this and we, and I don't even know if we've talked about it on that, on, on, um, you know, on the show any, but establishing the waterline in your business, right? Just, just like the waterline on a boat. Whereas if you know what the waterline is and people, people have like what we've talked about, core values, the decision-making filters, you delegate things, they understand their roles that they have within the, within the organization. They're going to make decisions because you've given them decision-making filters that are the best alignment of the organization. And so if you know the waterline for your business, if the, if the boat takes on, takes, takes hits, as long as, as long as the, the, the cannon fire is above the waterline, the ship's not going to sink. Now, if you know that water line, and but yet you take cannon fire below the water line, yeah, there's a good chance we're going to take on water. The the ship could go down. So you have to establish what that what that water line is. And a, and a great a great example of this was in our was in our closing department with Tracy. And you know Tracy was always coming and asking questions on like piddly little things. And Tracy knew to, knew the right decision because usually because this and this is another empowering thing with your with your people, and um, it, it it's you know asking questions and and explaining the situation and then you know Tracy what what do you think we should do? 
and she would give the better answer than what I would ever think of giving, right? She knew the right thing to do, but she just needed to feel empowered. So what we did with Tracy is we established a dollar amount that she had free reign to make whatever decision it was to make it, to make it happen. And so it was like anything under 500 bucks or 400 bucks or whatever, whatever our, so, you know, our transaction fees on the buy side were 395 and I think we were 495, 595 on the listing side. And so as long as it was usually below the, the, the transactional, the transaction fee, definitely below 500, if, if she knew that was the right thing to do and she had to make a decision to get something done, then she had free reign to do it because yeah, it might've cost us a couple hundred bucks, but that's a shot above the waterline, right? It's not a two, $3,000 decision, which could be a, a shot below, especially when you're working mm -hmm. on super thin margins mm -hmm. with our price point. And so establishing that, I think that's a, that's a, just a, a, a really good framework to understand of, of how to let go, empower your people, um, you know, asking questions, let them make decisions because the last thing that you want to do and man, it's, I, I stumbled on, I got signed up on this daily, this daily blog. I look forward to reading it. It's called dailydad.com. And uh -huh. I think Ryan, Ryan holiday or somebody I got, you know, I'm on Ryan's list and I think he's either a part of it or it's somebody that he knows. Anyways, I got signed up for it, man. I like, I look forward to it, right? You know, daily dad, just little tidbits. And the tidbit that came out today was, um, you know, teaching your, your, your kids to, to make choices. And, and when you give them choices, then they're able to make decisions. And they said, what, where a lot of kids struggle, why they struggle making choices of going to school when they, when they get out of high school and going to college is because as parents, we've made all the, the choices for them. It's like, Hey, go put on some shorts, go, Hey, wear that shirt, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, this is what you're going to have yeah. for dinner, right? You're, uh -huh. you're, you're dictating, you're making the decisions and choices for them. And in the principle, what they were talking about is give them choices. Like, Hey, you know, um, why don't you run up and, and find some clothes, put something on, you know, pick out, pick out what you want to wear. Hey, do you want to eat this or that? Right. You're giving them to yeah. where they can start making, making choices. And it was just a good principle because, you know, I, I love, I love to, to translate, you know, what goes on in business with, with our people and our team with, with kiddos. And, um, you know, most people, even if they don't have kiddos, they, you know, they get it right. It, it helps them. They were one. What's that? <laughs> Everybody was one at some yeah, point. Absolutely. So we can all relate at some level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and it was just like, even, you know, even that, did, you know, even that example with Tracy was just asking questions and mm. asking her what the solution was and not dictating anything about it. Right. And, and that sure. to me is just an amazing principle to allow you to delegate and let things go um, in your life. Things that, you know, you shouldn't be holding on and doing. And, you know, we've all held on to things too long. You know, for me, you know, I held on to the finances in the Lawton office for the longest time. I remember Holly and I going in on every every Saturday and Sunday, man, spending six, seven hours doing, you know, updating all the financials, cutting the checks, doing doing everything. And I'm like, mm -hmm. she thought I, she was getting frustrated, and because um, I know she didn't want to be up there on a Saturday, Sunday doing financial stuff. Yeah. And so um, I finally let go, man. I finally let go, and. Um, you know, nailed, nailed the hire. And man, she's actually, she's the hire that I made for that position. She's, she's actually still in that position. And 
she trans she you know her husband's in the military their military family they went to germany for two years and she still did her job from germany and uh oh, wow. came back and um, it's just because of systems and processes right having the right systems and processes giving them the autonomy they know how to do their job let them let it go and there's there's checks and balances of course on the financial side that you put in place and i'm sure anybody listening to this is like oh hell no you don't let go of the finances yeah you let go of the bookkeeping aspect of it you let go of the day-to-day -day accounting it. stuff of it you know it doesn't mean that you stop stop tracking it right i mean you probably you're you're as close as you ever need to be but you don't necessarily have to do the input of the figures right i want to review the data i don't necessarily it probably isn't the best use of my time to compile and do the data input but no i want way to it is the data right I no way it is no way it is and, and i think uh, go ahead no, I was gonna say you get that set up the checks and balances is that you have a weekly meeting that you're looking at everything and then you approve what needs to be paid right so like for example when i had that set up i had a financial meeting with with her every friday and we would go through everything and then i would approve what needed to be paid for the week based upon her recommendation right so she knew where we were financially what needed to be paid what could mm -hmm. what could you know could wait a week, what could wait two weeks that wasn't past due. And, um, you know, she would have her recommendations of what needed to be paid. And then I'd be like, cool, those are all good. Bring them in here. I'll sign all the checks and she'd get them out. And so there's a way just to put checks and balances in place, but that's, man, that's a huge thing to let go. And, um, you know, that was, that was liberating for me. And from a delegation standpoint, just being able to just, ah, because now once I realized that, once I let go of that, I knew I could let go and delegate anything, right? Because that was the one thing that was holding, that was holding me back to, to ever let go of. And, um, you know, I just, I, I had that belief, right? Nobody can do it better than me. Nobody can do it faster. Um, yeah. And, you know, she can do it faster than me now. There was maybe a two year period. She still couldn't do it faster than me. And I would still catch things and I would just, cause I, I knew what to look for. But over time, I mean, she like, like our financial, I'm, I still, you know, I still am a part of, um, you know, helping those guys up there. And um, I sat in on the financial meetings on Fridays with them. And those meetings used to be when they, in the beginning, Jeff, they were, they were 90 minute financial meetings. And they got down to 60 minutes. Do you know how fast mm -hmm. we have those financial meetings now? About 20 minutes, 15, 20 Max. Minutes. And we yeah. bullshit for 10 minutes. So there may be 10 minutes because she's got everything on point. She does it better than ever, you know, could I have got to that level? Sure. But was that the highest and best use of my time? <clears throat> no, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today if I was still trying to do the financial books for a real estate company. So right. it's, it's just understanding, man, and, and letting go. We've all gone through that experience. I think what holds people back is, I mean, there's a potential for something to get messed up. You know, there's the fear or the risk that somebody doesn't do as good of a job as you, or because something is missed, there's something drastic, you know, that happens or some negative consequence. Yeah. But, you know, you also at the same time, listen, if, if something would have happened to you, what's the risk that you're exposed to when you're trying to do everything? What if you uh, walk, what if you go this weekend and you're at the lake and you break your leg and you can't show up and do things quite the way that you used to or something? When you're trying to do everything, you really are putting business at risk more than delegating those things out so that at least if something happened to me, 
the business can still function. There's no greater risk in pinning it all on you. And God forbid something happens to you, everything collapses. Um, you know, we did a spotlight interview, what, two, three weeks ago with, um, with uh, Steve, who had some recent health issues and has taken a little bit of time away from the business compared to what he would normally spend. And it's only because of the systems and the processes and delegating the right responsibilities to the right people that he's able to do that. And the business doesn't suffer anything for it. Right. And so as much as we're like, man, I need to do it because I'm the best and it's going to be the best situation if I do it in the long run, um, from a systematic standpoint, the consistency and the longevity, if you want it to run for decades, you can't do everything. You know, if you want it to run for a decade, you can't do anything. If you want it to run for more than three years, you probably can't do everything. Well, I mean, you, you know, you know, you, you have that, that, that magical moment planned and, and you want to get away and spend time with, with loved ones or family and, you can't you can't be fully present, right? You miss out on on things that are more important than than within your business when you try to to do it all yourself. And you also become, you know, we become the constraint, right? We become the 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 constraint that right. is stopping the business from moving forward at a higher mm-hmm. level when mm-hmm. when we won't let go and um, and and let um, you know really really shuffle those those activities off of off of your plate. You know, there's, there's a couple of really, you know, the question that, that, that when working with agents and trying to understand, you know, Hey guys, I get it. Right. You know, Jeff, I get it. I know I need to make this higher, but what the hell are they going to do? Right. I get that all the time. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit about of understanding, you know, the high leveraged activities in this business, but you know, really that actual process is, is just, being aware of what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. right and and it really just takes documenting and going through your day going through your week and in listing out every dang thing you do mm-hmm. throughout the day throughout the week there's tons of great exercises you and I were were talking a little bit earlier about um, you know, Dan Sullivan has, has an exercise, uh, the exercise that we usually run our clients through is, uh, you know, Jack Canfield's exercise. Um, any, any other recommendations that, that you, that you've seen or done or heard that, that really helps get clear and create that awareness of going through and identifying, okay, guys, I, I'm I, tap, tapping out. I can't do it no more. I got to get some, I got to get some help. I'm ready to let go. What are, yeah. what are some of the best practices, tactical items that we can give, you know, people tuning in that would be just fantastic for them to, to run with? I think the, oh, those exercises are great. So everybody, you know, should look up Jack Canfield and his um, productivity exercises. But at the end of the day, you'll see the common theme is taking a good, hard, honest look at what you really do in a day. Because there are people walking around today going, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. You didn't do nothing. You did oh. nothing. You spent four hours on Facebook, dog. Like what? You know, it's, you ain't doing what you think. So at the very simplest, um, it's, you know, just what, what one thing you could do is we talk about how your calendar is so important. And part of getting really productive is dialing in your calendar. So here's an exercise that helps you do both is 
just set a five-minute reminder before the end of every hour on your calendar. So at 8.55 a.m., I get a reminder. At 9.55, I, I get a reminder. At 10.55. And for that five minutes at the end of every hour, write down what you accomplished in the 55 minutes prior or what you spent your time on. What you yes. spent your time on. And at the end of that day, be honest about what you really spent your time on. And here's what's great. Not only will it reveal the things that you need to delegate, but it will reveal all the stuff you thought you were doing that you really aren't doing. You thought you were spending a bunch of time on high income producing activities. But when you look at your list, you spent two hours out of eight. I remember I used to, when I was in the financial services business, we would you know, track if you if you don't measure it, you can't track it, right? And so everything even then was tracked. We had the old school dialer systems and it was, you know, we looked at talk time, what a salesperson spent per day in conversation versus what time they spent dialing telephone numbers versus how many prospectuses were sent out, how many closing calls were made, all that stuff. And this guy OD would always say, we look at the talk time, be like, you know, Eric. You were on the phone for an hour and 35 minutes yesterday. What the hell were you doing for the other six and a half hours that you were here? Oh, well, I was, uh, well, I was. And if this is what we would always say is earlobe to earlobe. That's when you are working. Everything else is preparation for work. Face to face, talking to a prospect. That's when you're working. Everything else is preparation for work. And so if you believe in that, that face-to-face -face or earlobe to earlobe with the prospect is where I make my money, then I only spent, you know, an hour and a half out of eight hours doing my money-making activity. And you just don't know that because you'll feel exhausted at the end of eight hours. 100%. You'll feel like, man, I crushed it today on the phone, man. Oh, it was good. Oh, dang, tomorrow I see I made, you know. 45 calls and spent an hour and a half on the phone. Well, you do the math on that. Dang, that's like what? Not even five calls an hour. That's eight calls an hour. You know what I mean? And so, or you spent all this time sending emails, or you spent all this time at lunch, or you spent too much time in a meeting that didn't result in any definitive outcomes that you're going to measure at the next meeting, whatever it is. So I would take those five minutes in your calendar every hour and Write down what it is that you're doing and then analyze it. And you'll see what the activities are that don't represent the best um, use of your time. And you can delegate those out. And then you're going to be left with the white space, which is where you can fill it all up with that high income producing best use of your time activity. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to love this. So, you know, we, we look at productivity. All, all productivity is, is is achieving the outcome, the result that we're after. But uh, it's funny, man, you said this about being busy and I got, uh, I got this email, um, came in today and it, it caught my eye. It says, what's, uh, what's saying I'm so busy really means. And, um, and so I was like, heck yeah, I'm clicking on that. Right. That, that, that's right up my, right up my alley. So um, it, it's, it is, I'm so busy, and what you're really saying is, I don't know how to effectively prioritize my demands and my time. And yeah, I was like, yeah. spot on, spot uh, on. Think about it. How many of us have 10 things that are absolutely most vital importance right now? Are there 10 things that are of the most vital importance? No, there's yep. not. There's one or two, maybe, maybe. three. 
maybe three things that are really of vital importance. And you're not even devoting, you know, the time that those things probably need. And, and this, those, uh, not that there's things that are on your list that need to get done, but that vital importance. Right. Um, you know, so that's a great one. I love that. I love that. So um, let's give let's give them some more of the, the the action items here. So they've gone through, they've documented, they've done a great job every every hour, every five, you know, the last five minutes of every hour. They're going back, they're writing through everything they got done. They created that list. Um, then what? Then what do they need to be focused on? Uh, the next thing I would do is uh, I would create an outline of what the perfect day looks like from a calendar perspective. So now that you have clarity on so what I'm looking for when I do the calendar exercises, the activities that I should give to somebody else, the activities that nobody should be doing, and the activities that are the best use of my time. So once I have a clear understanding of that, then I wanna make the perfect day. The perfect day on my calendar is gonna be minus any of those activities that I discovered I should give to somebody else, and minus those activities that nobody should be doing. And that's probably gonna leave me with a bunch of white space. And so then the next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna expand those activities that I should be doing. If it previously occupied one hour on my calendar, then we're gonna stretch it to three hours. If there's three activities that represent the best use of my time, then it's likely that they might occupy two and a half hours each on my calendar. And things will come up that causes you to have to adjust them in some cases, but you're not gonna adjust the activity, you're going to adjust the time that you spend on it. So if I had two hours set in the morning of my day to prospect heavily to new opportunities in the marketplace, and as a result of that, I've got an opportunity to go out and meet somebody right now about um, a listing or a really motivated buyer that wanted to go look at something, I can make the decision. I have choices. I can make the decision if I want to go do that. But I'm not going to, I'm still going to get back to the, to that activity on my calendar. Right. And, and so, you know, filling out your perfect day and making that the goal for each day. And as appointments come in and people need to schedule things on your calendar, that thing for two hours is going to back up to an hour or, you know, you'll have more time and you'll schedule those, those things that come up around those perfect activities. But what you're, what you're not going to do is cancel the activity or replace it with something that doesn't, have the same importance. So, you know, you took a look at it and you create the perfect day. That's kind of the second part. And then you try to execute at a really high level. And those would be the first three steps, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting that, identifying those items. I think too, there's a, there's a little bit of a mental shift in there as well. You know, what is your, what is your earning potential worth, right? What are you worth mm -hmm. per hour? And, and so understanding that from a mental, a mental aspect. And, and so for example, you know, going on, going on listings, there's nothing that, you know, that is more dollar productive than, you know, going and taking and, you know, um, you know, securing listing, listing agreements or, you know, the next step down is, is motivated buyers. But really what is, what is your, what is your per hour worth? And, and it's a self-worth as well, right? So, so it's a couple things. And then you realize, you know, one that, you know, this is, for example, say, you know, I'm worth, you know, and you just you do the math, you know, 250 bucks per hour, whatever it is, it could be, it could be a thousand bucks an hour, whatever, whatever, whatever the number is. And I, I eventually I believe that grows over time. But if you believe that you're worth a thousand, thousand bucks an hour, then 
anything that you can get done, delegate it, done for less than a thousand an hour, you you delegate. Or here's here's even more powerful too, when you're evaluating opportunities, it gives you the ability to say no, right? Mm -hmm. From a delegation standpoint, it's not only the activities that you have on your plate, but not taking on more, right? And it's it's doing less. And, um, you know, one of the biggest, our, you know, our, our mentors told us, our, I mean, he shared this from stage at EGS, um, previous employer that he worked with. He used to get out and, and um, he used to ride, you know, mow his yard. And I, I'm, just, I'm laughing because cause Kinder went through the same damn thing last year and up until this year. And he used to go out mow and um, this this uh, gentleman called and talked to his wife and I and, uh, was looking for him. And, he, and she said, you know, he's out. He's out on this. He's out on the mower. He's out mowing. And, and, and he goes, do what? You go take this phone to him right now. And he said, he got him on the phone and he said, what are you doing? And he mentally was making up an excuse. Well, this is my, my time. He was, he was confirmation bias his decision, right? He was just stacking that this is a good decision for him. And he's like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, you know, this is my time to get away. You know, this is where I just, you know, whatever, whatever BS story he was telling himself. And he made, and, and he sat there and he made him do the math. He goes, how much do you, how much do I pay you? You know, how much do you make per year? What is that worth per hour? Mm-hmm. How much could you go get somebody to mow your yard? And he's like, he yeah. got off the tractor. He got off the mower, right? He couldn't, he couldn't make that argument. And it was the same thing like with Jay finally, finally coming to grips this year. And um, so I was joking with him the other day because he didn't have to mow it, right? He's got seven acres or something, whatever it is right there. And, um, you know, he's, the, he's lived there for what, four or five years. He finally is not going to, he's not mowing it. And, and it's ridiculous how cheap he's getting somebody to mow his yard on a monthly basis. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty smart decision, huh? And he starts yeah. laughing, but that's just a prime example, man, uh-huh. of delegating and letting go. And, um, you know, when I see people, you know, there, there are people that, that, you know, they still, they mow their own yards. I don't, I don't want to, you guys take this the wrong way, but <laughs> It's, it's, and, and when you think about it, step back and think about it is like, do you, you know, what's the value that you put on it? Right. right. You know, I mean, you got the, the neighborhood kid that's hustling the neighborhood that, you know, will mow it for 50 bucks every month. Right. So if you're not willing to pay that neighborhood kid 50 bucks to mow your yard, then do you not value your time to be worth more than 50 bucks? Right. So it's just, it's a lot of mental hang up, I think is the big thing too, Jeff, from a delegation standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've got to get over in it. And I think it comes down to the value, what we value ourselves, our worth. Yeah, definitely. Determine the value. If you can convince me that you get so much enjoyment and satisfaction out of doing that on your own, and you you believe that in exchange for currency, what you get out of it, or in exchange for that time, which would generate you know um, a better return, if, if you're getting that much out of it, then good on you. But, you know, a lot of us aren't or we just don't look at it that way. So I think, you know, in addition, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a great point. It's a change in mindset when you're going through the calendar exercise. I would suggest you to go through that with that in mind. And as you're taking a look at what you did that day, remember, at the five minutes on every hour, you're taking a look at it. And as you're logging those activities that you were engaged in, assign a value. Like, what is the value of that activity? You know, is that $10 work? Is that $50 an hour work? Or is that $100 an hour work? 
you know, going on listing appointments is is can be a thousand dollar an hour work. And so um, if you look at it that way, then I think what would be really awesome is when you make your perfect day, add it up, add that currency up. You know, are you having a $10,000 day? Does your calendar put you in a position to have a $10,000 day? Or does your calendar put you in a position to have a $100 day? A $100 day is what the person working for $12 an hour is doing. That's a hundred dollar day, $12 an hour or something like that, right? Eight hours a day. And that's not what nobody here is trying to do. And so if your calendar, when you go through the exercise that we described is filled up with those 10 and $50 an hour activities, let's get those to somebody else. And if we can do a hundred dollar an activity, it pays for the person that, you know, that, that's doing the $50 activity. If we can, if we can do that. So, it's a, it's a powerful thing, and we've always referred to it as like even in um, in our ISA business, when we were really managing the ISAs in our own brokerage before we started providing the service for other agents, you know, we would break it down to the dial on what an ISA was compensated for every dial. And so, if an ISA who was crushing it with bonus and everything was making, let's just say, you know, sixty thousand dollars a year, and they had made you know, 60,000 dials over the course of that year, just to give you a really easy example to do the math on, then every dial that they made was worth a dollar. That means all those people that they dialed that were not interested, all those bad numbers, all that, you know, for an ISA, that's your highest leverage activity is making dials, because that's going to lead you into conversations. You know what I mean? But without the dials or any conversations, and it was a good exercise that's awesome. illustrate to people that you make more money on the people that say no than you do yes if you really get your mind wrapped around it and so do the same thing when you're with buyers and if you find out that damn i'm meeting with you know 10 hours on average with each buyer before they say yes and then out of that only two of them you know ever i'm able you know getting through get qualified whatever are easy transactions so you know that would work out to like 20 hours to get the one deal, you know, that's going to pay me $3,000. So $3,000 divided by 20, what is that? $200 an hour. Or I could go on this listing appointment, spend one hour, make $3,000, not have to spend 20 hours through the process of putting it on the market, getting it sold. Maybe I spend five hours and you can see now all of a sudden you're at three times, you know, $900, $700 an hour. But if you're not looking at it from that perspective, you would never, never see it. You've got to shed those activities to create that time. And that's uh man, that's a fantastic example. I think for everybody to, to kind of leave everybody with and uh, just challenge you guys, uh, create the awareness. You know, once, once you have the awareness, then you have the power of choice to choose what to, uh, what you want to focus on and, and what you want to let go of. And so, man, Good stuff, Jeff. I think that, uh, you know, definitely some, some mindset, you know, perspective and also some uh, tactical, tangible items that people can really run away with. Yeah, man. Uh, good one today. And I hope everybody, speaking of delegation, you delegate some stuff out of your hand so you can have a good time um, this weekend for us. You know, you guys listening to it later, but just so you know, live, this is July 4th weekend, 2019, as yeah, we're recording this. So hopefully everybody has a good weekend. Um, and we will see you next time on the Growth Guys podcast. Look forward to it. Thanks, brother.
To find out how to build a seven-figure real estate business in three years or less, go to kinderreesecoaching.com. You've been listening to the Growth Guys Podcast. If you want us to help you grow your real estate business, go to kinderreesecoaching.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Growth Guys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast fix to get new, fresh weekly episodes. Catch you next time on the Growth Guys Podcast.